Hello, everyone, and welcome to Honey Badger Radio. My name is Brian. I am here with Allison. And today, on the internet, uh, on today's dating show, we're going to be looking at a study or a paper from the University of Durham and the University of Terraside, Teesside, Teesside, in the UK, that discusses the, uh, well, it tries to, um, I guess, explain why women are attracted to the dark triad personality constellation in men. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, we're going to look at so that the- and see how legit it is and, I guess, you know, give our own thoughts Discuss on it. it. Yeah. See if there's any other sort of mitigating factors. So the dark triad is... Narcissism, Machiavellianism, and sociopathy. Hmm. Uh, yeah, okay, so this is this is what they're testing to see if women are attracted to. And anybody who uh, you know has heard the you know all girls like bad boys thing, sort of it's it's sort of along those lines. Yes, you know, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and you know all the all the 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 serial killers who get letters in jail, which makes you wonder, you know. If uh, if uh, this is going to be a very black joke, if incels are onto something. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that. I don't think that's dark at all. I mean, it it seems to line up. And um, mm-hmm. I, well, but we'll see. We'll we'll take a look at what the uh, paper has to say. So, <clears throat> mm-hmm. unfortunately, I just found out about this paper today. And then I threw it at Allison, and she was like, let's do it. So we didn't have, like, a lot of time to say, like, get Teal Deer on to get his view on it. But it, it's fine. I, I think that we can I think we can handle this. Um, yeah, we're, we're not quite Teal Deer's caliber, but we can we can manage this one, I think. Yeah. Um, should we start? We, we should we we start, go we ahead. Should, go ahead. Okay. I think we should start with the abstract. Um, All right. Let's let's do that. So mm-hmm. this paper is written by uh, the two authors, Gregory Lewis Carter of St. John, York St. John University, and Stephen J. Munzer of Teesside University. Um, and I guess there was a reading also by... An... Yeah? Anne C. Campbell is in there too. Did she do anything? Or... She's a... It says... Oh yeah, three authors. You're right. Yes, yeah, she's also an author. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Anne Campbell of Durham University. I think these are all UK-based universities. Yeah. So let's go ahead and get the abstract. I gotta get my reading glasses because it, it. It, it makes me read me. smarter. I have them on already. Um, oh, okay. Abstract. It has been suggested that the dark triad personality constellation is an evolved facilitator of men's short term mating strategies. Let me just put the paper on the screen so you guys can see it. Um, However, previous studies have relied on self-report data to consider the sexual success of dark triad men. Do you think narcissists lie about that kind of stuff? I wonder. (laughs) (laughs) Possibly. This this might be better. This might be a better approach. Don't ask the narcissists how much they get Putin tang. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. Okay. Uh, To explore the attractiveness of the dark triad personality to the other sex, 128 women rated created male characters designed to capture high um, dark triad facets of personality 
or a control personality. Physicality was held constant. Women rated the high DT character as significantly more attractive. Moreover, this greater attractiveness was not explained by correlated perceptions of big five traits. These findings are considered in light of mating strategies, the evolutionary arms race, and individual differences. So that's the abstract. Um, mm. Should uh, should I jump into the intro? Yeah, sure. Let's, I mean, it's not it's a, not, a heck it's, of a long. Yeah, we can get not, through it, and it's fairly it's fairly transparently written because mm -hmm. it's not it's not part of the grievance study, so they're not trying to confuse the hell out of you and pretend that they're smarter than they are. Um, I, I will take this moment to remind everybody to send them those super chats because it does help us uh, justify our channel to YouTube. But if you want to send something that is going to not be censored or, or is going to totally bypass the centers and you can write quite a bit and you want us to get more of the tip and less of the shaft by YouTube, then please go to feedthebadger.com slash slash just the tip that's feedthebadger.com slash just the tip you can give us any amount you like and you can write a fairly substantial amount of verbiage that will not go through a payment processor so uh paypal won't get its beady eyes on it and youtube won't get its beady eyes on it. it's basically just sending it to us and i will monitor feedthebadger.com slash just the tip for your commentary um so there i you encourage go. you to do that but if you want to have a, a comment that pops up, uh, then do it through the YouTube Super Chat and, of course, Rumble, too. Uh, mm -hmm. But please do put stuff through. That really helps us out. Okay. All right. I've All right. My let's, spiel. let's do the let's introduction. Do the in light of sex differences in the dark triad, narcissism, Ma Machiavellianism, and psychopathy. So it's not sociopathy. It's psychopathy, according to this paper. Um, it has been proposed that this trait constellation may represent an evolved male adaptation for short-term mating. If so, this personality should be attractive to women. We test this hypothesis in the present study. Past studies indicate that the DT, the dark triad, has strong associations with the big five personality factors. Consequently, it is possible that the increased attractiveness of these men may result not from their DT qualities, but from associated personality correlates. This is also examined. Short-term mating. So this is like what we do now. It's like hookup culture. Um, Short-term mating is... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Short-term mating isn't really the mating that we've evolved to have, though, which is interesting. No, it's just where we are now. Um, yeah, yeah. It basically, so, just is where we are. We we yeah. are evolved for long term mating strategies. Yeah. So you could say that this is sort of sort of following our devolution into a more primitive state that mm. may not actually, you know, that primitive state may not actually support a modern progressive, what they call progressive, but a modern society. But you know, who cares? It's what women want, so let's do it. The future is go. female. Um. Mm. Okay, they do seem to be responding to it uh, in, a, in a way that, you know, pleases them. So, short-term dating is considered more evolutionarily adaptive for males than females due to males' higher fitness variance and lower obligate parental investment, according to Buss and Schmidt, 1993. Although women mm. may 
I know you're you question that. Go go ahead. It's okay. I, I thought well, you were gonna say something. Well, okay, maybe if you're looking at all mammals. But I'm not so sure that's true about humans because if if you got a whole bunch of hominids leave hominid males leaving their offspring, you just got a whole bunch of dead offspring. Because hominid females are not capable of raising hominid children to adulthood by mm -hmm. themselves. That's why we form these extensive kin groups and tribes and like social groups because we can't raise our children by ourselves. I know it's the, the it takes a village is a cliche. Um, and but it's there's a truth to it. It's just that what that really means in our current context is everybody has to pay taxes for other people's children um, and enormous mistakes in raising said children rather mm -hmm. than every adult in a village is responsible for mentoring and uh, disciplining and raising and, and assisting and providing the resources for every child in the village. I mean, so it's, but this is, this is functionally true. Humans don't, cannot, the human females cannot reproduce without access to a social group. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's, that's just the truth. And usually access to a social group involves actually having a mate. So the, the fact that the, the average mammal is not obligate parental or paternal, well, that's not true about humans. We are. Paternal, our paternal um, investment is obligate. I mean, in the wild, human children without fathers die. Full stop. Period. Yeah. It's obligate. That yeah. obligate means that it is obligatory. And when we see... The functionality of human children who, through artificial means, are being born without fathers, artificially, this is an artificial situation that these children are being born without fathers, it doesn't result in good things. Mm -hmm. Okay? And in fact, children who are born without fathers have cognitive and social deficits that make it difficult for they themselves to gain a functioning, healthy social system for them to raise their children in. Now, that's not to say that every you know child of a single mother is totally screwed, but they are going to be dealing with disabilities because of their mother's choices. And you can't get away from that. All yeah. right. Yeah. So no, humans are yeah. obligate paternal. Yeah, I think there is a bit of a um, blind spot there. Uh, mm -hmm. Again, they're saying it's more evolutionary adaptive for males and females. I'm not I'm not sure about that, because that's like the thing that I see a lot of people assume is that, oh, women, they don't want um, to to operate in a dating landscape of short term mating and men do. But it's like, no, but women are the ones setting the tone here. And men are simply responding to it. I mean, men do want sex, um, you know, and they want it from women. But uh, typically, the uh, th that is like, you know, maybe um, the instinct that drives men to try to attract a mate. But it's not necessarily that only men want that. Because, you know, women in general, like for social reasons, they may like 
you know, not tell you the whole truth about how many partners they've had because they uh, are afraid it's going to harm their reputation, their their social standing. But it is most likely they're going to like lowball their numbers and men are going to highball their numbers or at least, you know, they're going to try and include um, examples that might not quite fit, you know, easily in order to make themselves appear to be more experienced. And the only reason why I think men do that is mainly because they think that women approve of that because I think they do. So, you know, um, this promiscuity is a man thing is, is just like this myth that just won't go away, you know? Um, but anyway, and that's not even including things like, you know, being in, uh, uh, infidelity and cheating and whatnot. Even if it's not any of that, it's just, you know, how much action are you seeing? I mean, women certainly have a lot more access to action and all they got to do is take it um, for the mm -hmm. most part. So, well, th and there's other things too. Like they are discovering when they look for it, that female mammals are a lot more active in this whole process than they were recognized prior yeah. Uh, like, for example, there there's a type of antelope, and it, it's a, it has a promiscuous mating strategy. So it has these it goes into these ruts or heats, and that all the males are competing. But they found out that the females compete as well. Mm. And the reason why the females compete is that although uh, that your know, sperm is supposedly plentiful, the quality declines. So if you are a female, you want to get the, the male, the best male, and you want to have sex with him first. Yeah. Like you want to be the first female to, yeah. to, to, uh, have, uh, to have Congress with the best males. And so the females are actually fighting over, over the best males um, and the first being there the first time. But here's the thing. What, because they're at a promiscuous mating system, the female strategy, maximizing the female strategy is to maximize sperm competition. So what they want is to get the first copulation with the best males and then just go down the line and get as many as they can. And that's mm -hmm. what they do. And that's a promiscuous mating strategy. You have sex with the best male and then you just go down the line and just get in as much as you can. And the males are attempting to compete for the least mated females and trying to prevent those females from mating with other males. It's sort of a huge mess, but you have females fighting other females for males. You have females inserting themselves between a more attractive female and a male as he's about to mate with her. So it's it's a lot a, a promiscuous lifestyles. There's a, it's not, it's not a situation where the females are just lying back and waiting for the male to come. And it's not a situation where the males don't have a scarce resource either. Because again, the first ejaculation is the best. All the females want it from the best males, but they'll, they'll take, you know, after they get that, they'll take, they'll take, they'll, they'll take every other comer. Like mm -hmm. literally the, the best female strategy is to have the first mating with the best male, the first mating with every male after that. Yeah. So they're just sort of wandering around trying to get every other male. Yeah. And it's like, that's, is that not what we also see with the human female promiscuous mating strategy? Mm hmm. You know, mm -hmm. but that's not actually very constructive to human society. 
<laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm just it, putting it, it out there. Yeah, isn't it also, uh, like, there is a, a concept called sperm competition? Yes, where, that's what I was talking about. Yeah, you were just talking yes. about that. So, like, you know, she'll she'll have a bunch of dudes spooging her, and then, like, the most fit one, I guess the assumption is, is what impregnates her. And this is how you get all these women, these hood rat women on Maury Povich trying to figure out who the father of their child is. As the, that's that's how you get that. Like, <laughs> so, yeah, but here's the thing. We not see the good for society. No. No, it's not good. And the reason why is, is exactly um, that. It's that she doesn't, like, she's not a female antelope who, mm-hmm. you know, like you may, average female antelope thought goes yeah. to the running mounds, manages to, you know, get, get her allotment of sperm through uh, underhanded means and, and, uh, and, and fighting and, you know, bitch slapping, whatever, you know, but she goes off and she raises the, the antelopette herself. She doesn't need yeah. the male antelopes. Yeah. But human females need the resources of more than one person to raise their children. And those mm-hmm. resources get skimmed off of women, of the families of women. And I'm going to, I'm going to use the word, I'm going to use women who are keeping their families together and incentivizing the productivity of their men. So what these women are doing is they are stealing resources from women who are not engaging in female primate hog heaven and jumping on every cock they can find. Mm-hmm. Does, that's where these resources are coming from. They're not coming from the communities of single mothers. They're coming from the communities where women are incentivizing the productivity of their husbands yep. and the men in their lives, the men in their communities. So these women are taking from the pair bonding women. Mm-hmm. They're taking from the women who are actually constructing a society and they are creating children who are not functional in that yeah. kind of a society. So it's yeah. like they, 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 people are like, oh, that's misogyny. No. What about the women who are standing up and doing the right thing and they're constructing families, they're constructing communities? Why should they have to pay for women who are indulging the most feckless aspects of their psyche and mm-hmm. basically breaking down the social, very social system that they rely upon to exist? Like, why? Yeah. And is it is it misogyny to say, well, maybe these women should participate in the system in, in maintaining the system they rely on like these other women are doing? Or is it misogyny to take from the resources of the women who are doing it right and being upstanding, and doing the right thing and giving it to women who are not like which is misogyny here? Right. Okay. Well, I think that should be obvious, but OK, uh, let us continue. I did get a couple super chats. So I'm not going to read the first one because I saw that I'm not supposed to. So I guess I'm not going to. But thank you. Uh, I got one from Richard B. Air for $1.99. And he says, mask mandates lead led to a 20-point IQ deficit. I don't know how that's related to what we're talking about, but okay. Thank you. Um, and then he gives another $1.99 and says, and sing, add single motherhood to that and future is scary. Um, all right. Thank you for those super chats. No rumble rants. I just checked it. So I think we're good to continue. Uh, all right. Let me see. Where was I right? Um, so 
Although women may be prepared to engage in uncommitted mating where good genes represent a trade-off for lack of investment, casual sexual encounters for women involve a number of potential costs like pregnancy, infection, physical injury, resulting in them typically being less predisposed evolutionarily to casual sexual congress than men. Nonsense. Well, okay, maybe men and women, but the reason why women are less predisposed to uh uh, promiscuity and they're not less predisposed by the way you know look at actual promiscuous mating systems you know here's the thing in actual promiscuous mating systems the female animals are also promiscuous oh mm. oh, oh my god that must be shocking to people huh yeah um so the both the male and female animals are promiscuous and there's reasons for it it's usually because the females can raise the children on their own with very little input from the from the fathers that's not the case for humans so human females are not any less or more promiscuous than human males <clears throat> and i don't know where we get this cuz look at the world today we have completely liberated women from any of the constraints of helping to maintain the systems, the communities that they rely upon to raise their children. We're just like, we'll give you money to raise children and you can have sex with anyone you want. And what do they do? What do they do? What are they doing? They're being promiscuous. I think it's time to start realizing that there is a lizard brain or perhaps a mammalian brain inside of every woman, every human woman. And that lizard brain is basically like those antelope thoughts I was telling you about. Mm -hmm. They just, they, they want to, they got to catch them all. It's yeah, honest. Gotta it's just got to catch them all. Got to catch them yeah. all. And, uh, <laughs> uh, because when you're a promiscuous female animal, they want to be the very they, best. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the, the idea is that you are going to be investing in offspring because you're going to get pregnant. You're going to have a child or you're going to have mm -hmm. offspring. Uh, so you want to get the best possible genetic material for your offspring period mm -hmm. that doesn't come from being coy it doesn't come from having less sex than the males it actually comes from attempting to have as many males as you can while being deceitful about how many males you've you've had so like if if a female antelope can pretend to be less mated they'll go they can have they can actually get those males who are sort of saving themselves for their best option because that's the thing like sperm quality declines uh with each ejaculation and that's true for all animals so the males are trying to reserve themselves their first ejaculation of the best female they can get and the females are trying to pretend like they're not been fucked by you know the, the entire football team and get the best males they can get the the first ejaculation of the best males they can get that is not uh, that is not an equation for coy females. It's not an equation for females being less interested in sex. And, you know, maybe the fact that human females don't have a refractory period and human males do might also indicate that be th that would be the case, or at least they evolved from creatures at way back in prehistory that were promiscuous. So it's like, and, and when I say this, I don't say this with, oh yeah, that justifies it. I'm saying mm. this with, this is the nature of the beast. When you yeah. let the female beast out, you know, when, when you let those, those, those prosimian instincts out, women are out there fucking around. Yeah. You know, it's something because they else, want I, to. 
Exactly, because that because they're yeah exactly because they want to. There is uh, I don't know if this has any legs on it. It's just something I was thinking about. And I was sort of talking to Al, uh, Lindsay about before I took her to work. But um, something really interesting about human women, uh, as opposed to other female mammals, is that when they're uh, like when they're fertile, when they're impregnable when it's not a safe day whatever you want to call it um there's no like there's no indication of it so like if you go if you go to a with any other mammals like females will go into heat and other all the males will know okay she wants she wants a baby in her right like this is why you can't bring female dogs that are not fixed into dog parks because generally if they're in heat then it causes problems for the other dogs um, males and females, right? Uh, and it's probably because of the thing you were saying, right? The ma the males start fighting each other over her, even if they don't know why, even if they're fixed, and the females start competing too. But human women don't do that. We don't have like a way of knowing that a human woman is essentially like ready to be impregnated. And what I was wondering about is, is that a way, is that like some kind of, is it potentially possible that that is some actual evolved trait that like uh, happened to women on purpose so that they could, you know, get impregnated by a bad boy while being in a relationship with a, with a guy uh. who is taking care of her and he can't, because one thing that happens a lot in, in our modern society of these short-term hookups is cuckoldry and i don't mean it like in a fetishistic way i mean like men who are unknowingly raising kids that are not theirs and think that they are well actually you could say that the ones who are cuckolds since they're aware of it are probably in more control but yeah uh, that it's, might it's, be it's for like some a choice, i guess but yeah but actually humans have an unusually high uh genetic monogamy there's there's three types of monogamy there's social monogamy there's sexual monogamy and then there's genetic monogamy. Um, social monogamy is what most pair bonding mammals engage in. So if you look at the paternity rates of other mammals, like for example, beavers, they're like 30% of the beaver pups being raised by the male are actually his. Um, so that the, the rates among pair bonding mammals of actual genetic paternity are really low. But with humans, if you just go out and you don't take it from a biased sample, like people who are or men who are worried about paternity, it's generally like 95% up, which is really unheard of for mammals. We're unusually genetically monogamous. Um, I would say that the occult uh, ovulation, because what happens with animals that are promiscuous and they have an overheat is that it is one hell of a flurry of activity mm -hmm. and the females are able to, to attract multiple males to get what they want out of those multiple males. So w female women don't, or human women don't as opposed yeah. to non-female women, but human yeah. women don't do that. And I think that's because it's actually about reducing conflict between male humans. I would, I would honestly mm, argue that could be because uh, it, yeah. it creates, and w coupled with pair bonding, which is what humans do, it significantly reduces the conflict. Because with wolf packs, they do they do pair bonding, um, although they will engage in all kinds of constellations like multi male, multi female. But for the most part, they're pair bonders. 
And when they go into heat, there is a lot of conflict between the animals that are the, the, the alpha male and female who are going to have uh, to, to create puppies and all of the others who have that urge, but are denied the expression of it usually, you know, by the alpha male and the alpha female, because they want to monopolize the, the resources of all the, all the other wolves for their puppies. So there's a conf- there's conflict there, but in human society, because it's all a cult, and it's all sort of a little bit randomized. There's, there's there's some synchronization, but it's mostly random. It's mostly like just it just reduces conflict. And then you have the fact that we pair bond, and we in almost all societies that's the majority form of relationship. Even those societies that allow like polygyny, polygyny, um, it generally most relationships are one man and one woman, unless you're really fucking wealthy, and then yeah. you can have more more than one wife. But um, Usually that's also like a, a social thing, a social um, welfare thing, because if wealthy men can have more than one wives, it's better to have a man who can support you than just a man uh, who can't. But anyway, that's it's, but the, still the majority is pair bonding. And I would say that the occult ovulation doesn't actually facilitate promiscuity. It may facilitate cuckoldry. I don't know. But what it really seems to facilitate is a much less conflict ridden society which means that human beings are selecting more for what i was talking about at the beginning which is a community um a, a more harmonious community i mean we look at our communities and we see them as being uh, you know full of drama and chaos but if you look at it in animal terms the fact that we aren't eating each other's faces off really unusual considering yeah. the densities that we get up to yeah like other animals, they would be killing each other at the densities that we seem to be like, yeah, yeah, we're, we're fine. I'll just throw you know, my neighbor the finger when he puts his garbage on my property sometimes. But other than that, I'm not going to like tear his sphincter out of his, out of mm-hmm. his mouth for doing it. You know? And that's, that's behavior that's really pro-social. Like, humans are really highly pro-social, um, ultimately. For sure. Because we'll live very close together and we're happy. To, we're relatively happy to do it without yeah. killing each other. You can't yeah. do that with other animals. Okay. All right. Uh, do you have any messages or anything? Or mm. Oh, yeah. Uh, just a reminder, please go to feedthebadger.com slash just the tip. Um, the benefit of going to feedthebadger.com slash just the tip is that nobody but us really sees your message. It doesn't go through PayPal. People, they don't take a look at it. They don't seize it. Um, YouTube doesn't see it at all. So there you go. All right. Let's all get right. around that whole machine. Uh, yeah. Let me just double check here. No, nothing yet. All right. We're going to keep going. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, successful pursuit of short-term mating by men is largely dependent on their attractiveness to women. That's true. In short-term context, women, like men, place a high value on facial and bodily attractiveness. And evidence suggests the dark triad and its constituent traits are associated with higher physical attractiveness. However, less attention has been paid to the role of dark triad personality in attractiveness. Outside the laboratory, uh, visual impressions are modified in light of further information often derived from conversations with the target. 
In the present study, we therefore hold physically constant to examine the extent to which women are attracted to the dark triad personality. We first review the component traits in relation to sex differences and men's mating strategy before examining the dark triad itself. Narcissism is defined by a sense of entitlement, dominance, and a grandiose self-view. Virtually all studies report greater narcissism in men, including cross-culturally. Propose that narcissist, well, including cross-culturally, period. Okay, I, I define the period. Propose that narcissism emerge in response to problems posed by the adoption of a short-term mating strategy in men. Adapt okay. In oh, yeah, go ahead. All right. Yes, I wanted to. I wanted to say something. Uh, one, yes, they find that narcissism is higher in men, but they also find that it's higher in women who are not first world. I know that this is going to sound surprising and counterintuitive, but the way that they define narcissism, uh, and and the way that the, when they found out that women in in more developing countries actually have, dem demonstrate higher narcissism they excused it as a uh, as a survival mechanism in women but they don't actually apply the same logic to men men have to be narcissistic because nobody is looking out for them that's basically what they said about third world women but they won't apply that to men okay yeah. Uh, when everybody is giving you stuff, it's very easy to be generous and others orientated. Um, but anyway, so that that's that's something I wanted to point out. And also, who is who is setting the short term versus long term mating strategy? It's women. Okay, yeah. so men are becoming narcissistic in response to women moving the moving the entire dating landscape towards more short-term behavior essentially mm -hmm. um because it's not men who control dating not men who necessarily control relationship formation they have a veto it's women it's women who control these things it's called sexual selection and unless people want to argue that it doesn't exist and doesn't exert a huge force on most animals that reproduce selection, sec, uh, sexually, well, okay, then then uh, you, you go after the entire biology department because sexual selection is the thing, and female animals control it. Mm. All right, then it's like it's so hilarious because a lot of people can't acknowledge this. It's like the elephant in the living room. Sexual selection is driven by female mate choice. Yeah. Like that this is a non-controversial statement and yet there's all kinds of political interests that lose their shit when you point it out. Okay. Yeah, they they, they yeah, they that 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 is very upsetting for them. Uh okay. Adaptive narcissistic solutions include a willingness and ability to compete with one's own sex and to repel mates shortly after intercourse. Narcissists find it comparatively easy to begin new relationships, perceive multiple opportunities available to them, and are less likely to remain monogamous. Narcissistic men also have more illegitimate children than those scoring lower for the trait. Report uh, for the trait, okay. Campbell and Foster report 
that male narcissists groom and advertise wealth and resource provision in a manner attractive to women. So they're responding to women's desires, basically. Perhaps as a consequence, other rated levels of physical attractiveness are positively correlated with narcissism. Mm. Yeah, because they make the best of what they got. Yeah. Because yeah, that's yeah, what they're right. focused on. Mm-hmm. They're focused on looking good. Um, yeah. And they do. And, well, here's the thing. Maybe women shouldn't, should look for more than just a man who looks good on paper. Well, yeah. Seems maybe like that they, would solve that. Maybe they should. Well, the, the, the issue that we're at now is I think we're living in a time where um, hooking up or pairing off with someone for, for uh, you know, short-term gain uh, is like the default for a lot of people. And so men, because they see the landscape, they're going to try to meet that criteria. So like, you know, that's why you're going to get more bad boys, more dark triad men uh, getting laid because women are laying those guys. Like they're, they're you know, I don't, what I'm wondering about mm-hmm. is, and and I'm like, you know, one thing I'm, I'm thinking about is like, what is, um, what is the thing that is driving women to that? And I think that w- to operate in that landscape, because I think men are just adapting to it. And I think there's a lot of men who don't even want to, um, you know, and they're, and they're looking to just pair bond or whatever, because it's easier, it's less stressful. And it is, it, it also, you know, they talk about the risks to women and that's true, but there are also risks to men, uh, you know, to engage in a lot of like short-term, uh, you know, pair bonds because you could also catch venereal diseases. You could also, uh, you know, end up like trapped, you know, taking care of a child. Um, even if it isn't yours, you know, uh, you could end up in an, in a number of bad situations. So men also have risks, right? But, um, what I'm wondering about is, is this potentially a product of the whole, like, uh, you know, girl, don't worry about like finding a good man and, and starting a family because you need to like be, you know, a boss bitch and go get a career and you can delay all those things later and just just date men, just have fun, just party, etc. Uh I wonder. I wonder because I'll tell you what, and this is just a, as an aside. Uh middle school kids that I teach or that I do t- subbing for in particular middle school and high school, especially though in middle school, the girls are like shockingly active in the in the sexual world and i hate to say it cuz it's it just makes me cringe cuz we're talking about 11 12 13 year old girls but they are definitely more interested in the sexual marketplace now than boys boys are still doing boy things around that time but because girls are hitting puberty earlier and earlier uh, it's also making them more sexually aware uh, of their environment earlier than boys. And I, well, I, I haven't like, you know, uh, heard anything like specific, but I, I, you know, you, you can tell what's going on. Like you just watch people interact and whatnot. And, you know, it, it's messed up, but it's true. The, the, especially these, you know, young girls that don't, um, you know, they don't have a father in their home. Uh, which is fairly common, uh, especially in the black population. 
and they become sexually active earlier um and you know it is in and they they hit puberty earlier and they're thinking about things like boyfriends and sex and you know things like that dating even if they don't know much about it they're just it's on their mind they're thinking about it and the boys they're still like wrestling playing football you know and just engaging in those it's, it's funny types of things it's funny because uh having a man in, in a daughter's life having a father not necessarily a father figure uh actually gives widens girls horizons i mean yeah. it's so hilarious that they talk about oh we don't want to turn girls into breeders well what do you think not having a father does yeah what do you think it does to girls it makes them go through puberty sooner and they be, they actually end up engaging in this kind of behavior where they the, the only worth that they have is to have a child mm-hmm um, and so it, it's really crazy, but, um, do you want me to read a bit of it? You want or, to. Or, uh, I could take we're, the we're next paragraph. Ma- Mac- Machiavellians is where we are. Okay. Machiavellians are interpersonally duplicitous and extroverted. Men score higher than women on Machiavellian traits. Machiavellianism is associated with social manipulation and opportunism, both beneficial to the pursuit of short-term mating. Machiavellians report a tendency towards promiscuous behaviors and love feigning. Machiavellian men also report more sexual partners, including affairs. Earlier sexual activity are inclined and are inclined towards sexual coercion. Wait a minute, wait a okay. minute. Okay. I was just going to well, say, okay. they're saying that Mac... Okay. Men, so Machiavellians are interpersonally duplicitous, insincere, and extroverted. Men score higher than women on Machiavellian traits. And then Machiavellianism is associated with social manipulation and opportunism. Yeah, well, you have to understand that this is all self-reported stuff. Yeah. Um, and they've actually found that a lot of this self-reported, when they, when they do things where women and men aren't self-reporting, traits they get really different results for example men report less compassion on a self-reporting questionnaire but if you look at men and women's involuntary responses to people in distress there is no difference Mm -hmm. so if you look at like pupil dilation at least at least one of the studies that i've seen there's no difference when so if you're looking at involuntary measures the 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 situation is a lot more obscure um but when you're looking at self-reporting men self-report less compassion uh probably because that's what they're told so this this situation a more narcissism more machiavellian oh yeah so it's all self-reported probably uh you might be finding out that women are um narcissistically trying to look good and then hmm. they score lower on narcissists. Yeah, those guys are like, yeah, I guess that sort of looks. I guess that sort of. It's not very flattering, but I guess that sort of reflects who I am. And it also or, kind of depends problems on problems that I have. Yeah, but it also kind of depends on how the questions are asked. Because if if oh, they yeah. say, "Oh, are you Machiavellian?" a lot of guys will probably be like, "No," because that sounds bad. But if instead they say, "Okay, do you think that you?" you know, are really good at social manipulation to get a girl to sleep with you, right? Uh, they might be like, oh, yeah, like, you know, I'm, I, if you mean, if you, if by that you mean game, then yes, I have it. Um, but but <laughs> yes, then, <indeed. laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> but then, like, but girls, like, you know, I don't, are, are they, this study, they didn't do, did they also ask women? Because I, I think that women's ability to um, navigate manipulate. the social, yeah, navigate their social environment through manipulation, it's, I mean, to me, it's obviously higher, and they're obviously better at it. And like that, mm -hmm. that's, I mean, that's just like, I don't get why they're like, oh yeah, men totally do that. It's like, what? I mean, men have their well, ways. Well, the boys that you're, but, that you're teaching, you know, you're like, yeah. they're like, the girls are all in game, engaged in like a Game of Thrones and the boys are like, let's go yes. find frogs in the, the, the swamp. <laughs> of course, yeah, exactly. boys are more, you know, social. <laughs> like, seriously. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. It, to be honest, they might just be, this might like literally be. Uh, a subset of the pop this is literally a subset of the male population these sure. these men don't reflect like definition they don't reflect the behavior of most men yeah we're talking they about reflect, dark triad men specifically we're talking about dark triad men specifically and we're specifically talking about them in the context of being more attractive to women which means that the vast majority of men who don't engage in these kind of traits are less attractive to women um yeah. the other thing i would mention is that Men who are inclined towards social coercion, uh, the biggest causal factor is abuse for those men. Like having been abused, social coercion, um, oh, yeah, I, I don't sure. know what they mean exactly by social uh, but generally highly sexually aggressive men have been sexually abused. So is the Machiavellianism a result of some inborn factor or is it because they are victims of being groomed and that's that's the other thing like narcissism machiavellianism these are traits that come out of abuse mm. generally like normal healthy people don't engage in this stuff um as much at least so what they're saying is that abused men apparently are abused men that respond to their abuse in very specific ways uh, have a combination of abuse and also low empathy, I'm guessing, uh, become attractive to women. Okay. I guess that you could say the same for men because I know there's a lot of men who just really like a hot mess. Sure. They're just like, yeah. I can fix her. Well, yeah, there are there are men like that. That but that I think that is like a, a dysfunctional quality. And, and and I don't well go ahead, go ahead. And the other thing is that are these are women actually attracted to these types of men? Or are these types of men capable of using their particular social outlook to emulate the kind of men that <clears throat> women are actually looking for? So uh -huh. I mean, there's, there's, there may not be on a superficial level a difference, much of a perceived difference between a guy who's Machiavellian and a guy who just sort of knows his own mind and is selective. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. No. So, so the real question is if you had a population of men who, you know, take care of their appearance, which is going to make them better looking, period, um, but also are, present an attitude that they are the ones who are selecting to a degree or that they know their own mind and they're aware of their interests and they're aware that not every woman is going to reflect those interests um that, that they come from they, they're coming from it not from a position of scarcity 
but a position of being the one who's selecting, uh, but aren't Machiavellian, aren't narcissistic, and aren't sociopathic, but actually capable of pair bonding, would that not be the ideal man? Mm. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, unless like Machiavellianism is sort of like a, a decent, a, a normally decent quality that's taken too far, maybe. You know, like having some ability to to navigate the social landscape or having some ability to distance yourself from uh, being overly empathetic, like which is what, you know, you you, like being able to do that is probably good for your own self. But taken too far, it could be psychopathy, which I know is the next thing. Maybe that's how they're framing it. Then again, I may be unusual. But this actually explains some of the. The, the the casting and character choices and a lot of of drama aimed at women like um, Mad Men. They yeah. took the main character was based on a guy who was a family man, like he was one hundred percent a family man. Raised a kid, had a wife, uh, was apparently faithful to her, um, you know, and uh, and they turned him into Don Draper yeah. because that's what you do to real life people. You slander them uh, when you're in Hollywood. But anyway, so and Don Draper well, is basically dark slander. triad. Yeah, he is dark triad. They didn't just slander and Don I, Draper. They slandered every man in that time period at which once. Which was ridiculous. Because all the which men is, were like, they were different shades of that, right? So. Mm-hmm. And that's not the way they were. Like, yeah. my grandfather is from that time period. And he's not alive anymore. But he considered it his life, like part of his 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 role in life to take care of his wife. And that mm-hmm. includes when she was suffering from dementia at the end of her life. And they are slandering my grandfather and other men of that generation. Mm-hmm. And it's disgusting. You want to talk mm-hmm. about dark triad? It's like saturated in Hollywood and their bullshit. But anyway, I tried to watch it of Mad Men, and I was looking at Don Draper and I'm like, this guy is totally fucked. He's deeply troubled, and this is snuff porn about this man. Like, that, literally what they're going to do is they're going to a bunch of vultures cackle over the, the social destruction of this man. And I'm not interested. Um, yeah. And uh, because and they're going to feel justified because he's quote-unquote dark triad. Uh, although he struck me as like just deeply troubled to the point of well, how far you did know, you like, how far did you get into it? Not very it? far. I, th- yeah, I, I, I mean, watched about ten minutes of it. I don't know if I'm right, but it. I I watched about I want to say four or five seasons a while back when people were watching it. So and uh, the the Am more I accurate? well, the further along it goes, yeah, because he he like they go into more and more of his uh, personal history, and you know there is a lot of reason to understand why he is as troubled as he is because they. You know, his mother, like, there, it just gets, he has mommy issues, that's for sure. Uh, I don't know, like, if the audience was, like, meant to be sort of women who would take some pleasure in watching this guy get, like, unraveled over the course of the show or what. But the fact that they even go into all that and didn't just say, well, he's a man in the 1960s, so of course he's a piece of shit. Like, they didn't even do that. Like, every, they, all of the characters become more and more complex and interesting and actually, the women become a little less interesting over time, to be honest. So I don't know if that's just like, you know, they tried to make us hate this guy and they ended up 
you know, liking him. And so they wanted to like explain this away or what? I don't really know. But um, yeah, Mad Men. Um, I, I never finished it, so I don't really know, you know, uh, like where it ends where, up. Yeah, how but it ends there's up. Other, there's other like the they went into the um, the space program. Mm -hmm. Um, and they were, were describing some of the, and I know that this was probably more accurate to real life. However, I'll point out that if you're, if you're a guy who's willing to strap himself on basically a bomb and, and hope that it doesn't blow up, <laughs> you might have a few, let's shall we say adrenaline issues yeah, and end up drinking and, 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 you know, womanizing quite a bit Living because it up. of Jesus, you might be dead the next day. So you know, why not? It's yeah. hard to have long-term thinking in that kind of context. But we turn these guys into heroes because basically that's the only psychology that really will engage in it, in that kind of behavior of strapping yourself into a bomb and still being able to function with the thought that it could blow up at any second. Um, but the, in that care, in that series, there was this really awful male character who was also dark triad what and series? i watched him uh it was disney's uh astronaut series it was actually surprisingly sexual i watched like astronaut. a couple i think this yeah uh, i'd have well, to look whatever. it up um, uh, yeah i never yeah. heard of it but that's okay go ahead but it was it was surprisingly like lots of sexual content and I was like, well, I guess this is another one of those, you know, dark triad men that's supposed to be entertaining for women to watch. Um, but for me, I just couldn't stand it. Like, yeah, just, that does that, that does seem to be a common theme. Like, how many yes. how many shows these days that have main me, me, uh, male main characters are these dark triad men? Like, or you know, that or they just they just have like. They're they're straight up just you know bad guys. Now I haven't watched everything I'm about to say, but I do know that some of the most popular shows in recent memory that just jumped to mind. One is Narcos, which is about the the you know the guy in um, I forget his name, but Narcos is one of them, which is about a criminal. You know, then there's like Breaking Bad, which was very popular, right? Then there was like. Shows like Lucifer, where like literally the devil is the star, um, mm -hmm. and and others that are sort of similar, right? Where you know I think there was one about the Grim Reaper and other kind of dark, you know, male characters. And then you have um, patriarchy theory, which is yeah. essentially the, the somehow all men uh, are dark triad, which is absolute nonsense. Uh, mm -hmm. The other thing is that I'm pretty sure dark triad men are also. Um, inclined to protect and provide for their women if they're not too severe that they're so dysfunctional that they can't yeah. create a relationship um yeah. you know so it's it's like the, 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 the spots don't change on the beast but it's almost like they constructed this vision of men and it really only is the men that they're most attracted to yeah what was that show <laughs> like, about the vampires in the south um with uh with uh, Anna Paquin came out a while back. Do you guys remember? What well, you do you know what I'm talking about? I think it was on HBO. No. True, True, True Blood. Blo True Blood. Yes, True Blood. Yeah, it was about mm -hmm. like this girl, right? And I mean, I know that this is like straight up, like you know, Harlequin romance, gross, you know, 
shit because it's basically a girl who's like the girl next door and she's a waitress and all of the men want her and of course they're like werewolves and vampires and shit so weird (laughs) you know um and i was also thinking about sons of anarchy isn't that another one where like the all the, the you know the main character is basically in a biker gang and they're like drug dealers and shit I don't know. It, 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 I'm just saying I'm seeing this more and more. Um, uh, Gin Bottle says, was that the same as Twilight? I don't know. I never saw Twilight. Uh, but um, I, 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 I can't say. So maybe there are shades of that, like 50 shades. <laughs> uh, OK, so anyway, let's let us uh, continue uh, with the with the intro here. Uh, psychopathy. Psychopathy consists of callousness, a lack of empathy, and antisocial erratic behavior. Men show higher levels of subclinical psychopathy than women. Uh, Then women propose... Oh, I'm sorry. This is written really weird. I'm making mistakes. uh, Rise and Write, 1996, proposed that psychopathic traits, which is a lack of morality or interpersonal hostility, are beneficial to a short-term strategy and are correlated with unrestricted pattern of sexual behavior. Psychopathy is further associated with superficial charm and a deceitful and sexually exploitative interpersonal style. Psychopathy is significantly correlated with a larger number of self-reported sexual partners, long-term relationship breakdown, earlier age of first intercourse, and self and female-rated physical attractiveness. Let's see Paul Allen's um, (laughs) sexual history. Uh, So, I mean, like, the description sounds right. Again, maybe this is because it's self-reported. Maybe in the case of psychopathy, it could be something that men might show at higher levels since some degree of psychopathy is necessary to perform certain tasks. Like, if you're going to be a surgeon, for example... Uh, or someone who uh, performs autopsies, a coroner, whatever, a cop. You have to, like, you know, be able to witness things that are just, you know, just really difficult for most people. And maybe those kinds of people might have to have, like, a, a higher than average degree of tolerance for that which might require some degree of psychopathy. Not that they're all crazy, but that they're, you know, that they can look at that and it won't bother them as much as the average person. Um, so that might be true with men. I mean, like if you're a soldier, for example, uh, like Terrence Pop, who I met at the ICMI, you know, he had to see horrible things. And and uh, it did leave him scarred, like in, in some ways, but he probably was also kind of like, you know, already had some ability to tolerate what he was about to experience. So um, that might be true. It doesn't mean that you're a psychopath. It just means that you're, you know, um, more, I guess, tolerant of, you know, things that would bother more people, especially when it comes to things happening to other people. So uh, should I... uh, Continue the rest of the intro, Allison, or should I jump ahead to something else? Like, do you want to go to the conclusion or the method or what? Or should I just? Oh, let's uh, let's let's just finish this off. The intro. We're not won't do the method. Yeah. Okay. 
The Dark Triad. Uh, we'll do the discussion. Okay. The Dark Triad is the collective term for these moderately intercorrelated, self-interested traits. Common to all three are extroverted behaviors likely to make a good first impression, such as a tendency to socialize and to talk about friends. <clears throat> all three overlap in exploitation, manipulation, and self-importance. Consistent with findings for the constituent traits, the composite dark triad is positively correlated with number of self-reported lifetime sex partners, preference for an unrestricted short-term mating style, and high rates of mate poaching. So basically taking mates away from other men, I guess. It has been suggested that for men, the dark triad reflects an evolutionary stable solution to the adaptive problem of reproduction. However, the majority of studies have employed self-report measures of the dark triad or its components and mating successes. Given the value attached to casual sexual experiences by young men in Western cultures, it is very possible that reported correlations reflect the tendency for DT men to over-report their success in this domain, commensurate with their high self-esteem and willingness to deceive. Studies which have used observer ratings of the DT components have focused exclusively on physical attractiveness. Example, Holtzman and Struve, 2010. We therefore examine whether women find the dark triad personality attractive, independent of physical appearance. Researchers have also considered how the DT may be conceptualized within existing personality frameworks, specifically the Big Five. It may be that the DT's attractiveness to women is a result of correlations with other personality traits, including the big five dimensions. In short, women may simply find DT correlates attractive rather than the DT itself. So they correlate dark triad with attractiveness rather than finding the dark triad traits themselves attractive. However, previous studies of Which correlations- Which is what I suggested. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think so. But it looks like they've accommodated for that. So, uh, However, previous studies of correlations between Big Five scores and DT components do not suggest that the DT personality is a very attractive one. With regards to agreeableness, evidence to date shows significant negative correlations with narcissism, Machiavellianism, and psychopathy. And the DT as a whole... Uh, and, and the dark triad as a whole. So not only the three things separately, but as a whole. Conscientiousness and neuroticism are negatively correlated with the component traits and the dark triad as a whole. Whilst openness correlates positively with the dark triad. Extroversion is also positively correlated with the dark triad, narcissism, and psychopathy, but less so with Machiavellianism. Well, I mean, all that makes sense. These results are based upon self-reported psychometric assessments, whereas our study will assess the extent to which these correlated traits are apparent to others. It shows clarification of whether the attractiveness of dark triad men stems from observers' appraisals of the dark triad qualities themselves or from correlated personality dimensions. Vignettes have previously been used to examine the attractiveness of the three subcomponents of dark triad personalities. Participants read about an opposite sex individual who scored highly on four items associated with narcissism, Machiavellianism, or psychopathy on the dirty dozen measure of the dark triad. 
These bogus characters were rated for attractiveness as well as perceived Big Five scores. However, as the authors acknowledge, they do not present low-scoring characters, so their comparison of attractiveness with higher scores for narcissism than Machiavellianism and psychopathy is only between component traits. With no comparison character, there are also no manipulation checks to establish if their characters objectively manifest the intended traits and no evaluation of whether perceived Big Five traits affect attractiveness ratings. If the Dark Triad has indeed evolved to facilitate short-term mating in men, their presence must be detectable by prospective mates in some capacity. Individuals demonstrating the trait constellation should also be perceived as more attractive by women. In order to evaluate this hypothesis, the current study will present participants with one of two self-descriptions developed to represent either a high dark triad or control individual. Participants will be asked to rate the personality for attractiveness. Participants will also rate the target individual on the big five personality factors to establish whether any enhancement in attractiveness rating remains when the effects of any big five correlates are removed. It is anticipated that women will rate the high dark triad individual as more attractive than the control character. That the results will support existing literature regarding the dark triad's relationship to other personality variables and that higher attractiveness ratings for the dark triad character will be independent of associated variation in the big five traits. All right, so that's the introduction. Uh, I guess we could jump past the, we do have some tables here, um, but we could jump into the conclusions or discussion. Do you want me to move there? What do you think? Let's go into the discussion. All right, let's jump into the discussion then. Checking Rumble to see if there's any messages. Uh, okay. I see you guys in the Rumble chat, so if you want to send a Rumble rant, I will read it. Okay. So, no previous studies, to our knowledge, have considered the attractiveness of the dark triad personality constellation to the other sex. Past research has demonstrated that the dark triad is associated with self-reporting mating success and increased number of sexual partners. However, these findings are subject to the criticism that the association is an artifact of dark triad individuals' proneness to deceit. Narcissists, in particular, overclaim. Our results, though, demonstrate that the DT personality is indeed attractive to women. The results of our study are also largely in keeping with attempts to map the dark triad on the big five traits, albeit through observers' perception of the dark triad personality rather than psychometric self-report. All three components have repeatedly been found to correlate negatively with self-reported agreeableness. In the present study, women rated the dark triad individual as less agreeable than the control character. While this may seem to mitigate attractiveness, low agreeableness has been found to correlate with higher levels of casual sex for both men and women. Yeah, it's true. Uh, women do find like more disagreeable men more attractive. 
Uh, women also perceive the Dark Triad character as lower in conscientiousness and neuroticism. JoJo's barking because someone is outside. And higher in extroversion than the control, echoing similar findings from self-reported studies. The structural equation model makes it clear that the Dark Triad personality's attractiveness is not explicable solely in terms of associated Big Five trait perceptions. Although okay, Dark can I? Oh yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I, I just want to get in there. I want to get in there, and I um disagreeableness. That's an interesting trait because I would say that this could also be an artifact for how we describe disagreeableness. Because we do it very badly currently in the Big Five. Because mm -hmm. there's a big difference between a disagreeable person like, hmm, well, I hate to use this example, Hitler, and a disagreeable person like Gandhi or Jesus. Because <laughs> Gandhi oh. and the, at, least the, at least the character of Jesus were both disagreeable. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they, they had some serious disagreeable qualities. They didn't go along with the expected norms of their society. Okay? So something that lumps Jesus in with Hitler is a really stupid metric, in my opinion. I, I don't know if anybody else would agree. Um, that that maybe, maybe we need something a little bit more fine-tuned. So the, the issue that I have is that agreeableness and disagreeableness does not correlate with compassion. Right. Di agreeableness and disagreeableness correlates with a particular structure in the brain that relates to conformity to social norms. So an agreeable person who conforms to social norms has nothing to do with actual compassion. That's why an agreeable person will conform to social norms when it comes to returning library books, uh, stopping at stoplights, you know, um, writing thank you letters after receiving a gift, and shoving Jews into ovens. Mm. It has absolutely nothing to do with compassion. That's a completely separate metric that keeps getting conflated with agreeableness and disagreeableness. And it's it, it, it turns the entire that part of the big five categories into meaninglessness. Like it's, it's just, it's, there's no point in, in saying that somebody is disagreeable. Um, when you're conflict, when you're actually, when you're actually, you're actually select, or you're actually looking for two separate traits, compassion, trait, compassion, and create disag or disagreeable versus agreeableness. And you're saying that a person who is low in trait conformity to social norms, but high in trait compassion has average disagreeableness. And that means something. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if you take out compassion uh, from, from disagreeableness and you, you dis disassociate with this and realize that compassion is a completely separate metric. Why don't you look at, those men who score high in compassion and high in disagreeableness and look at if they're attractive to women, because there are men like that. Now, maybe they wouldn't be attracted to women, but who knows? Like, maybe they'd just be asexual, but whatever. You know, so ask, like, the, the, the idea that the dark triad character correlates to disagreeableness 
disagreeableness correlates to um, being attractive to women. Well, disagreeableness itself, because of that um, that strange way that we seem to think that disagreeable people are not compassionate, has become associated with a lack of compassion. Yeah. You know, in the, so the, we're now looking at two very separate groups of men, the dark triad men who are disagreeable and they're attractive because they're disagreeable, but lack compassion. And then another group of men who has yet unidentified and has no name, which may score very high in compassion, but also be quite disagreeable. Yeah. And maybe that's what women are actually looking for. And they just so happen to get waylaid into the uh, the uh, the dis- the dark triad sink trap, you know. Possibly, um, or at least at least those women who aren't themselves psychopaths. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, because i i think I think that it's we do have a negative association uh, by default between being disagreeable. Uh, Yes, know, in the big and, five, if you yeah. have if you if you score low for compassion, you are considered more disagreeable. Yeah. But disagreeability doesn't really have anything to do with compassion. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um so a a, a dark triad man scores very high on because he's doesn't have any compassion and he doesn't care to agree. But what about those men who do have compassion? And do care to agree. I guess, well, it just seems like it's a confound that might we might want to look at. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I think that it's it's not just disagreeableness, but it's probably disagreeableness in combination with something like psychopathy. So I know mm. that psychopathy is not a big five trait, but there might be another trait that can help you kind of see that's the difference between a disagreeable, uncompassionate person and a disagreeable but compassionate person. So, um, all right. But anyway, uh, I got a super chat from Egregious Charles for five bucks. And he says, Jesus to the religious establishment, you snakes, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee the wrath to come? Very disagreeable. Thank you, Charles. Appreciate that. Um, okay. So. Very disagreeable. And it ended up yeah. being sort of the masculine successful civilization but you yeah, know he is the the masculine archetype to end all archetypes um okay i just wanted to say i've got some stuff coming in uh oh, yeah, very glad good, that good. you guys are using feedthebadger.com slash just the tip because it's um does it it doesn't lead to paypal sending me these messages that oh i'm i'm we're we're uh we're we're holding this this amount because you know the person who sent you a, a, a text and the text, the content of the text seems suspicious. Ugh. Mm. What is that? Okay, so this is from Michael O. And he says, this topic reminds me of that video clip about the book recommendation made by Heather Haying regarding biology from a female perspective. Remember that one? By the way, YouTube notified me that they updated their ULA regarding Super Chat. I'm not going to bother agreeing with their term, whatever they are. Mm. Yeah, that that's I think that's a perfectly disagreeable response, but not necessarily uncompassionate. Yes, exactly. Okay. Um All right, so all we, right. I got another $5. I got a few of them, 3. Oh, okay. So, all right, go for it. Yeah, I know. We're just going to have to um All right, so this one is from 
Schoenfreude Studios. Speaking of wrestling, today I learned the macho man Randy Savage previously played in a minor league baseball. Hmm. In minor league baseball. Hmm. Well, thank you well, for that. That's an interesting factoid. Not surprising because uh, Macho Man was athletic. So mm. in his prime. There you go. I bet I bet he was. Uh, wonder if he had dark triad traits. Well, he certainly played the character. <laughs> um, I don't know if like he probably isn't anything like his character, although a lot of times uh, maybe there is a little bit of that because. You know, I think that when people are playing a character, they're usually cast for something for because they have some of those traits, you know, like and they just sort of like mm. you they exaggerate everything. So, OK, everyone's so in the chat from... saying, oh, yeah. So I'm just going to say it for them, too. <laughs> Fillmore uh, <laughs> gives us fifty dollars. The previous um, Sheldon Ford gave us five dollars. Fillmore gives us fifty dollars and says, I'm getting a tax refund. In the share of the wealth department, here's a donation. Oh, thank you. So, you know, the reason why I say this is because it seems to me that our particular neck of the woods would attract a lot of people, men, women who are disagreeable, yet yeah. concerned for others. It's because we of don't course. go along the, the usual typical lines of supposedly compassionate. We're actually expressing compassion for people nobody cares about. Well, men. Well, there's um, a there's a difference between compassion and, and like a kind of uh, socially coerced altruism, which is kind yeah. of em it's like empty, you know. So and it doesn't really help anyone. No, it doesn't really. So help it, anyone. it helps you know, the like person people claiming the altruism. That's that's you know when they say well, yeah, I am. Signaling. Yeah, it's it's empty. It's virtue signaling. Okay, so essentially, what I think attracts like we have people who are just really interested in esoterica we are people who actually have compassion for all human beings regardless of genital and we probably also have people who are like you know what the situation isn't going to improve for women unless we also consider what's going on with men because you know uh you can't get a solution without that part of the the equation so we got people who actually care about women actually care about making a legitimate positive change in women's lives all right, so we got another five, five from Math Freak one two three plus HBR, and I do hope that's not your legal name. This reminds me of the meme I saw a while a while ago, where women think men only want sex, but men instead want everything—a full functioning relationship. Please enjoy the tip. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Well, thank you for the tip. Okay. Um, and then one more, another five dollars from Shoyden Freud Studios. Speaking, whoa, whoa, that was the previous one. What the heck? Sorry about this, guys. I think you, did you repeat that one? What? You're asking me? I'm, I'm, You're the one reading the things. Yeah, I, I'm really sorry. Like, maybe he sent it through twice. Oh. Let me just, just double check that I, that I went to the right. This is, this is the, the, one of the problems with this particular method. Here, super chats, at least on my end, but. It's a little bit worth it, I think. Someone said there are because, there are two different tips. Oh, okay. It might be the All right. Well, who sent I will. That, but I'm not sure. So this is a this is a hemi tip. Okay. Yeah, reptologists will get that joke. Yeah, well, I don't. 
Oh, okay. All right, so this is again from Shoden Florida Studios, who gives us $5. I got the right one this time. Considering Gandhi as disagreeable reminds me of the trailer from the film UHF. Uh, smiley, um, tongue-sticking-out face. All right, thank you. I'm... Apparently, if, if, uh, if any of you guys are uh, familiar with the game uh, Civilization, I think it was in Civilization V, uh, Gandhi is straight up genocidal. <laughs> so <laughs> as one of the potential world leaders, I think if you play against them, there's like a way to make him go full nuclear war, uh, you know, on you. So there is, Gandhi has a very disagreeable side, apparently, according to the folks over at the Civilization franchise. Um, okay, anyway, let's go back to the article. Uh, although dark triad men are perceived as lower in neuroticism and higher in extroversion, and these qualities do explain a significant proportion of their rated attractiveness, other factors beyond these must be at work. What, then, explains the dark triad's attractiveness? There are at least two possibilities. So they're going to now, why, why do women like this, right? A sexual selection explanation suggests women are responding to some indicator of male quality. Women, particularly in respect of short-term mating, may be attracted to bad boys, possessing confidence, hard-headedness, and an inclination to risk-take all accurate descriptors of dark triad men, all attractive to women. But not like they're not negative traits at all. No. No, like those three things alone, not really. Confidence, hard-headedness, and an inclination to risk-take. Uh, that, that's not necessary, or it's not unique to dark triad men at Shall all. Shall I do a couple paragraphs? Yeah, go ahead. A second explanation derives from a sexual conflict perspective. Women may be responding to DT men's ability to sell themselves, a useful tactic in a co-evolutionary arms race, in which men convince women to pursue the former's preferred sexual strategy. Okay, but why wouldn't all men be DT men then? Because this is the thing. You're talking about a subset of men, and then you're now appealing to all men having the same damn strategy. That doesn't make sense. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, if this is yeah. the DT men who are a subset of men's preferred sexual strategy, these people are now extrapolating it to all men and also saying that women don't have that strategy. Well, human women do have that strategy. As soon as they are allowed to, they engage in the same kind of promiscuous mating behavior as those antelopes that I was talking of, the female antelopes I was talking about. Mm -hmm. um, so there's like a, a quality that has happening there, and it may actually correlate, and it does correlate very strongly with these women not having fathers. Because... Um, yeah, I think that's... In my opinion, that's what uh, where the why women select not just men who have qualities that women generally find attractive, like risk taking, confidence, um, and what was the other thing? Uh, hard headedness. But all, all, but more than that, I think it depends on their environment. You know, like like uh, what what they're looking for. So if we took out like if you got rid of somehow if you got rid of uh, hookup culture there would still be women engaging in selection sexual selection based on 
dark triad men because dark triad mm -hmm. men make w those women feel safe. And so what they want is a man who's willing to dole out violence to other men to establish dominance. You know, like, mm -hmm. it, I, I think. Although so they really shouldn't. Like, the thing is that men who engage in violence, especially anti-social violence, yeah. uh, are the most likely to engage in violence against women, too. Yeah, um, and their children. But my point with this statement is that they're already making weird assumptions. Like, there's there's oversights and there's con... Like, there's assumptions that people or the researchers make in these fields that are unwarranted which is that uh, the sexual mating strategy of all men or most men is is the same as the one for dark triad men. So and that that's obviously not the case because dark triad men are exact are minority. If this had a profound evolutionary benefit to men, all men would be that way. But mm. this is a minority. They are yes. sexually select sexually they are sexually successful in the short term. But why they dark triad men never became a minority or a majority of men has no explanation. And they mm. don't realize that they sort of have to explain that. And the explanation is this. Dark triad men are not selected for because humans over time have selected for paternal investment. Because they are, it's obligate. Children need fathers, and only in extremely artificial circumstances can women raise children without fathers. So dark triad traits were never selected for, and also I would add that a lot of dark triad men probably are also capable of long-term relationships. Um, they might have side pieces, but you know mm -hmm. they can still be a father to their kids. So that there's still an element in them that's capable of that in many of them, but this is the the overall point is that because human children need fathers, this kind of short term mating strategy never became prevalent. It always is a minority, and they know it's a minority because they say it like this is a minority of men. They're successful when it comes to short term mating, but. They aren't successful enough. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. These men aren't successful enough to have become the majority of the behavior of all men. They're still a minority. And the reason yeah. why is because it's not evolutionarily successful behavior. Without the majority of men actually engaging in pair bonding and community productive rather than destructive activities. So yeah. the existence of dark triad they are parasitic they are actual parasites on uh, enabled by the mature adult male behavior of the rest of the men in society do you get what i'm saying mm -hmm. and without those men they wouldn't exist or or alternatively we wouldn't exist because we wouldn't have human society Human society is a reflection of our need to raise our children in large groups because otherwise they die. If you didn't have men investing in their children, these guys wouldn't have a society to parasitize on. Okay? That's why yeah. they never became a large group. Like they, they you know, the parasites never over, you know, they're never they're never more parasite than actual host. You get what I'm saying? 
Yeah. Because if there, when there's more parasite than actual, the host is dead. That's why these guys have never evolved to be behavior of human men. And they don't even consider that fact in all of this. In fact, what they seem to be proposing is that dark triad traits must be uh, reflecting the behavior of all men because they're more sexually selective or they're more sexually successful in the short term. Well, there's a hell of a lot of men out there who would look at that and say, well, that doesn't success for me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to fuck a bunch of women. I want to have a wife and children and a fucking farm. And there's many, many men throughout human history have been exactly like that, that don't regard this as, as success. Mm-hmm. And they sure as hell wouldn't want one of these guys by their daughter either. Yep. You know? So, I mean, yeah, sure, it's successful. And it's more successful in this day and age because we have all means of allowing women to act like antelope instead of humans. Um, <laughs> but in previous eras, these guys would likely find themselves shot or hung. Mm-hmm. Because, because again, fathers wouldn't want them around their daughters. You know, so it's a far less successful strategy in an era where uh, we don't indulge women and we and 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 men who are promiscuous are afforded the benefit of um well a society that indulges women's promiscuity and sort of has to like be okay with them instead of just mm-hmm. killing them mm-hmm. I mean, look throughout history look at these guys and how they're treated throughout history they're killed like mm-hmm. where they're found they are fucking killed well yeah they're literally the the you know live fast you know, uh, die young, leave a good-looking corpse types. So, and yeah. and uh, that's that is attractive to women in the short term. And uh, th- those men, they usually like end up changing later, or they basically just are you know bachelors, eternal bachelors. And they may have children that they don't know scattered around, but they're they're usually not involved with them. So mm-hmm. unsuccessful children often who engage in the same kind of life and don't actually produce or develop anything that's, you know, like uh, successful in what, on what terms. But what my point mm-hmm. is that in previous eras, uh, these guys ended up getting killed. Uh, the, the, the shotgun wedding, n- not, not like something that didn't happen. Yeah. You know? And uh, hanging adulterers. Very common. In fact, you know that the the feminists latch on to the scarlet letter, right, as evidence of the oppression of women. But the woman wore the scarlet letter so that she, because she refused to reveal the man she had sex with out of wedlock. And the reason why she refused to reveal him was because he would be hung. Mm-hmm. There is no society on earth that treats promiscuous men better than promiscuous women this behavior in most human societies is a death sentence and you can't our society is really fucking artificial but we we've decided it's okay because there's a subset of women who want to play around with these guys but most societies in the past and most societies on earth this is a death sentence I mean, if you fuck around with a guy's wife in ancient Rome, you know, you're probably going to get murdered. Um, but, uh, but we are very different in our society. We, we fucking weird. 
And, well, and they yeah. don't consider that fact. They don't consider the fact that we're coming from this from a very specific perspective and they overlook all kinds of things. And this is one of them. For some reason, they think the dark triad trait reflects the behavior of all men, I guess, perfected in a minority of men. No, it doesn't. Anyway, mm-hmm. they may be more successful short term, but they're not more successful long. And then the assumption is, of course, that men are interested in a more short term. Well, yeah, but in my experience, that's really overstated. And maybe maybe I'm wrong, but it seems like there's a lot of men, and it's shown in the statistics, right? Young men want to get married more than young women, which may also be an artifact of our society. But, you know, and in more traditional societies, there isn't really a question. Like, they they don't even get a choice. yeah, you're married. Yeah. Go start making a society. Go start doing good by your family. Yeah. Um, I, I question but, how much of that is kind of pushed and constructed and it isn't like our natural state, you know? What? You mean In particular, well, the idea that... No, no, no. I, I, I mean, like, uh, that women are, right now, appear to be less interested in commitment when they're young compared to men. And I and yeah, I think it's that probably, it's, it probably I think is that, constructed. Yeah, I think there's a lot of conditioning that goes into it. It's not, it's not that because, well, I mean, if you think about what happened during the second wave movement, when you know they that basically led right into what they're calling the sexual liberation movement, which I don't like to use that word because it only really seek to try to liberate women and not men. Um, uh, like men's role stayed the same and it's still the same even now for the most part, uh, except that there's even less incentive for men to participate in that. And I, I think that it there was like this thing that had to be pushed really hard. That's why they were big on women not getting married, women delaying childbirth and, and you know, starting families because they were they wanted to essentially try to construct a reality where men were not necessary you know, except maybe as tax slaves or something. And that um, I think that like to to sort of uh, they had to make concessions because most women, most women still would prefer to, you know, also like start a family. But that goes against the goals and the statements made by the second wave feminist movement. And so they they had to make some concessions, but they pushed really, really hard uh, on women starting careers and and going to college and delaying, you know, all of these things. And uh, I think that it might be, at least in part, one of the reasons why women today, despite the fact that we have essentially like just told them they can do whatever they want and we won't judge them negatively, no matter what it is, that they are more depressed and more likely to medicate and more likely to seek therapy and they're more unhappy than men overall uh even though there's you know men don't have the appropriate facilities or any anything like that to help them when they're struggling but men in general are dealing better with you know the hardships of life than women are so um yes um uh, so i'll go a bit further yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, There's let's... a couple more things that I wanted to point out that's making assumptions that really aren't warranted. Um, and I'm not saying that men don't have like a higher sex drive or they aren't interested in casual sex generally. 
but I think it's overstated in a lot of mm-hmm. ways. And it might it might actually be an effect of this dark triad minority. Okay. This ability may derive from a used car dealer ability to charm and manipulate DT associates associated traits such as assertiveness. Men with a DT personality are undoubtedly well-placed to successfully implement such a strategy. The greater latitude in men with regards to parental investment is reflected in their greater variance in sexually selected morphology and behavioral traits. That is absolute and utter bullshit. Latitude from what? The fact, okay, the only latitude you can say is that men can walk away from a pregnancy women can't. They don't get greater social latitude. Like, how many options do women have to avoid being a parent after sex? Abortion? Well, birth control? That goes beyond, like, condoms and just, like, uh, vasectomies? So they actually have a plethora of birth control options to avoid being the parental responsibilities? And this is perfectly acceptable by all aspects of society, whereas the male contraceptive methods that keep getting blocked by feminists, obviously society doesn't have a very strong will to create contraceptive options for men. So yeah, society, very okay with women having contraceptive options. Very okay, for the most part, in most places in in the US, with women being able to have abortions. Even even if some places they put limits on it, like the heartbeat bill, okay, they can still have an abortion before then. Also, very okay with women just abandoning their children. Just drop them in a box. That's okay. Oh, and also very okay with women adopting children out. Now, what options do men in our society have to avoid parenthood? Well, men. Abstinence. We suggest. And then we call not even abstinence. <laughs> yeah, not even abstinence, Brian, because what if he gets raped? Well, that's true. Men do ha- have absolutely zero option. If they are capable of ejaculation, they are 100% responsible for any child conceived with their ejaculation. Full stop. And in fact, society, our society has conspired several ways to make men responsible for children that aren't even conceived, that weren't even conceived with their genetic material. Okay? So this is utter, complete trash. And this is an indication that the the people who wrote this have huge holes in their thinking. It's not that everything that they wrote is wrong, but there's some massive holes in their thinking. And maybe this is the reason why there's a lot of replication because you're not Looking at all of the holes in your... All right. Yeah. We note that in animal research, others have highlighted the difficult sexual conflict proposals of mate preferences. What does that mean? We know that in animal research, others have highlighted the difficulty of disentangling female choice and sexual conflict proposals of mate preferences. Of mate preferences. Um, what? Okay, a female preference may be an involved contingent enhances productive success, or maybe the res- result of exploitation. You're, uh, you're, break- you're breaking up for some reason. Are you? Is it using the? Are you having internet problems, or is it using your uh, the right microphone? Uh, I think. Uh, well, I can double check my microphone settings. Nope, they're good. Okay. Uh, it might just be the internet. 
Um, again, uh, it's rural yeah, Saskatchewan. You're yeah. never going to get perfect. Yeah, um, sure, sure. I'm, I'm just going to read the next sentence. Um, yeah. Female preference may be an evolved contingent choice that enhances success, or it may be the result of exploitation by males in the evolutionary time lag before males, females can evolve a response. In either case, we are not asserting that female respondents who rated the DT characters attractive would necessarily be willing to engage in sex with them. Oh, God forbid. God forbid. Oh, yeah. oh, those angels in the house. Oh, they would never do such a thing. Oh, God. Give me a fucking break. However, our so, findings do indicate. Okay, can yeah. I just be honest here? Like, yeah, yeah, I yeah. am self-aware as a woman, and I know that I'm attracted to DT traits. Yeah. Okay? But huh. I also know that these guys are are probably horrible people. Um, that would be a nightmare to be in a relationship. Well, you, you you're able to. This is the thing. You know, you're able to parse out uh, a guy who is hard headed, confident, and a risk taker. You know, from someone who has the dark triad, because the dark triad versions of that. Are are where you know the the danger is at basically. Unless, of course, you know you think you're doing this out of a need to survive. Um, you know, mm. like maybe well, you, you're you're living in a hostile area. Oh, you it's know? it's really easy actually. Yeah, it's really really easy to 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 ex you know like extract a guy who is uh, disagreeable but compassionate. Mm -hmm. and hard-headed and risk-taking from a guy who's just a psychopath you look at how he treats men yeah that's it as if he's if he is uh inclined to be cooperative within reason and not necessarily cooperates you know he has concern for his male friends if he acts like a leader you know and take in making sure that that uh People are taken care of. It's very easy. And that those traits can be consistent with risk-taking, hard-headedness, and disagreeableness. Yeah. But also compassion. Because, you know, like you, you can't really tell much from what how men treat women. Because that could easily be virtue signaling. It could easily be grooming behavior. They're hiding. You know, it's, it's just every, the social expectations are that we treat women well. So in social situations, they're generally treated well. People are looking. Mm -hmm. But the way that people treat men generally it gives a much stronger indication of their true moral compass. We acknowledge limitations in the present study. Ooh, okay. Wait, I, I missed a, a sentence. We're not asserting that female respondents who rated the DT character as attractive necessarily willing to engage in sex with them. Why does this even matter? That's what you're yeah, trying well, to show. Why are like, you... it's like, uh, we're, we're trying to show that DT men are more attractive, but we're not saying that the women in this study would actually have sex with them. What the hell are you trying to say? I mean, do you even know? Why are we pretending like women don't do that? Why are we, yeah. why are we engaging in this, in this like masquerade, this game uh, yeah, well, we women women are better judges of character than men, I guess. It's like, but they sleep with these guys. They do. Like that yeah. happens all the time. Like, it's, 
Everyone Wait, knows but, it. But you're, 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 doing a, you're doing a research project into why women or if women sleep with these guys, right? Yeah. And then you're like, well, we're not saying that women would sleep with these guys, but that's what you're trying to prove. <laughs> All like, of this was for nothing. <laughs> All of this was for nothing. Yeah. Our gynocentrism prevents us from actually, like, whatever. I don't like these however, conclusions. Our, however, our findings do indicate that the DT personality is attracted to participants. This in turn supports previous work that suggests DT men are more sexually select successful. Well, the other thing is that a lot of DT dark triad men are sort of monkeys. I, I yeah. don't know how to describe it, but, you know, you hit a button. They're, they're really easy to suss out. And then you, you learn the buttons to hit. And, um, and, and then they just become really boring. Um, because they're not actually as intelligent as they think they are. I remember I had this long exchange with a guy who said he was, he said he was, um, and like a hardcore sociopath, not just somebody who needs to think about it to feel compassion. Um, and I'm like, okay. Uh, and I, I started to play this game with him where I would, would pretend I knew something he didn't, or I would say, well, wouldn't it be acceptable for normal humans to, you know, uh, treat, use sociopaths where they're needed, but then kill them when they're no longer required for these yeah. activities. I mean, because that's, that, isn't that like being honest to your particular, you know, call, uh, uh, how to describe it, like behavioral subset? Like, I'm, I'm just honoring your behavioral subset. I just fucked with his head and yeah. he would get just hilariously incoherent um, responses. And eventually he stopped talking to me, figured it out. Yeah, but it was are, fun while it lasted. There are also men who they think that this is how they have to behave, so they try to, you know, they try to LARP as uh, a guy like this, and they're just not good at it. But you know, if you so. if you ever get into a situation where you got one of these guys, all you have to do is pretend you know something he doesn't, pretend you have something over on him, and then keep moving the goalposts constantly, and yeah you will see that they respond extremely automatically to things. And it's like impossible for them not to. They're extremely compulsive. And that makes them very boring, ultimately. Yeah. Uh, it's actually really difficult to completely track out the behavior of someone who's motivated by compassion. Uh, I, I'm not, I don't know how to describe it, but it's it, they, they tend to be a lot more they, they tend to be a little bit more uh, or a lot more um, their own person, shall we say. We acknowledge limitations in the present study. Participants were all undergraduate students. Oh, that doesn't matter. Participants were all undergraduate students, youthful population, more short-term relationships. We've assumed that the current sample viewed our characters with primarily short-term perspective, but this conclusion should be supported by follow-up work. Replication with a community sample would be valuable, as would assessment of the character's appeal as short-term versus long-term mates. We did not inquire, inquire whether our participants were currently engaged in relationships, nor did we assess their social sexual orientation. Ooh, some of these dark triad guys could be turning lesbians on or something. These and other variables associated with the status of the respondents could be usefully pursued in future work. Women low in agreeableness are more likely to 
aspects than agreeable women. And many may recognize and find attractive DT men. The menstrual cycle may also increase the attractiveness of DT individuals, giving its documented effect on short-term mating preferences of women. Regarding our characters, our DT character manifested all the points of Johnson and Webster's 2010 Dirty Dozen prototype, while the control character manifests none of them. Hmm. So how do you know that it's not specific things that women are responding to? Yeah, there probably should have been dudes that like, you know, yeah, had some it. of those. Yeah, yeah, there's that have some of those qualities, but are not dark, dark triad men. Again, like, do you just assume? Do you just presume that hardheadedness, risk taking, and confidence are just dark triad traits, without yeah, like understanding that there are there is a positive version of those. In fact, though those base traits are probably in general more what women want and the dark triad is just kind of like um you know probably like a subset within that group so um well anyways okay so i'll finish this off yeah uh, I, uh, well let me do it because you're breaking up still and i think people okay, are missing right. part of the sentences in the population at large individuals vary not only along a dark triad continuum but also in the relative weighting of the dark triad subcomponents. Previous research has reported that the relationship between the dark triad component traits is complex, with varying degrees of correlations between them, ranging from non-significance um, between narcissism and Machiavellianism to a very strong significance between psychopathy and Machiavellianism. This suggests a complicated variable intertwining of the components. A design manipulating a range of dark triad subcomponent weightings would be useful. Real world choices such as dating websites or personal advertisements, which could be assessed for dark triad indicators, would also be valuable. A speed dating study examining women's responses to high and low DT men could provide valuable behavioral data. All right. I got to get in here. Because right. I think I can say this succinctly. The assumption of this research is that sexual promiscuity in men is something that is not a itself a result of harm. So not a dysfunctional response. Okay? Mm -hmm. And the reason why I'm pointing this out is I think if sexual they looked at sexual promiscuity in men, women, they would assume that it might, it might come from some dysfunctional things that happen in their past. And the reason why I point this out is because when you talk about like, and they're probably seeing a correlation between these guys and sexually aggressive men, um, like sexually aggressive men have high rates of having been victims of sexual abuse in their past. That doesn't mean that every man or boy who's sexually abused is going to go on to be an abuser it means that of men who uh who do go on this is a high rate of it in their past okay so how much of this promiscuity which these researchers seem to think it well i guess it does i mean in this instance it does reflect the uh the um attractiveness qualities of these women but how much of this is actual dysfunction rather than a evolved um strategy is what i'm getting at you know what I'm saying yeah yeah 
And how much yeah. of that, like the, the Machiavellian and the psychopathy, because now that we know that they basically just took a guy who was just Machiavellian, narcissistic, and wasn't, without really trying to find those traits that women might be responding to that are correlated with men who are like, who are, who have dark triad, but aren't necessarily, a, you know, like 100% tied to them. So they don't know if women were responding to the dark triad, the negative dark triad traits, or the fact that dark triad is associated with being stubborn, you know, disagreeable, individualistic, and um, risk-taking. You see what I'm saying? So they don't yeah. know. And then, so what they're doing is they're correlating the dark triad tra traits that are attractive to women, and then the dark triad traits themselves tend to be correlated with men who've experienced severe abuse or sexual abuse in their past. Mm. So what are they really finding here? You know? Mm-hmm. Although it is interesting that women do find, like, they're, they, they aren't actually necessarily finding, because they haven't seen traits that might be associated with the dark triad that women find attractive, but aren't the dark triad, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it's, um, there's some, there's some holes and yeah, there, well, there okay, is there's I... some, it, it seems like there are some questions that were not asked answered. when this yeah, was asked being... or answered. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Let me, uh, the conclusion. Yeah. I'll read the conclusion in conclusion. The results of our study demonstrate that the dark triad male personality is attractive to women. And this effect is not mediated by these men's greater perceived extroversion or neuroticism. Further work in the sexual marketplace could usefully pursue interactions, statistical and social, between sellers, dark triad men, and buyers, women. Regarding the former, does their attractiveness reside in female choice or in their capacity to persuade and manipulate? For the latter, does the appeal of dark triad charm extend to only a subset of women? Okay, so we don't even know if this is a subset of women. Yeah. Okay, so we don't know if women are responding to the dark triad traits or associated traits of risk-taking, um, confidence, and stubbornness or hard-headedness. And we don't know if this is a subset of women that's skewing the, the results. Uh, and like I, I, would, I would agree that this is likely true that women do respond to these traits um but again it it may be a situation where women are responding to the fact that i don't know like guys who are abused are sort of nihilistic and and that's yeah. but in but they aren't necessarily the ones you um or at least you're not you don't want the the guys who are trapped in it um uh, whereas what you want is the guys who sort of go on the beat of their own drum. And that doesn't necessarily correlate with being, uh, having a lack of compassion. So women may be interested in these traits, but they're interested in these traits because they correlate to other traits that, um, have nothing to do with the negatives of the dark triad. Uh, you know, so yeah. I guess the real answer here is uh, become a men's rights activist. <laughs> I, I have a, or you could do this other thing. I have this funny meme that I want to share. 
that's kind of about this. It's uh, it's a twit. It's a tw- twit. It's a tweet from a while ago, like years ago. And uh, I'll share my screen so you can see it. Uh, I just thought it was funny. That's basically all, you know. Um, and uh, it was made by Stefan Molyneux. He started the tweet thread. Uh, someone retweeted or quote tweeted him and said, choose your fighter. And Stefan Molyneux, when he was, I don't know if he's on Twitter anymore, but I know when he was. He said, uh, years ago, he said, many women are going for bad boys rather than nice guys because they know deep down that war is coming. So they need to breed for aggression rather than reason. And he's, you know, making a commentary about female sexual selection. All right. Uh, yeah. uh, we could disagree with it, whatever. That's not the reason why I'm sharing this. What, the, what I found funny is the response. So a woman named Magenta Pixie responded and she said, when women go for bad boys, it is because heart and sacral chakra are not aligned. Once they are in alignment, the attraction to bad boys ceases. Many women go through this phase, most especially those with the indigo frequency. So just ladies, whatever your indigo frequency is, you should probably like take a look at that and find out if your sacral chakra is out of alignment and maybe you can get that fixed up. And I just, I don't know why, but I just found this really funny because it's literally like, you know, uh, <laughs> it's just, it's just so perfect. It's like, this is what men think. This is what women think. I mean, I don't think it is really what men and women think, but it, but it's so stark, you know, I just think it's funny. So, um, yeah, uh, but I would point out that if you actually read about soldiers, um, like guys like this aren't necess- don't necessarily make great soldiers, yeah. uh, because they, uh, don't tend to work well. Um, <laughs> It's just like with with other men, like soldiering requires a lot of cooperation and yeah. concern. Um, and like, I mean, if you read like. And the other thing is that sheer. I don't know, aggressiveness, not necessarily completely helpful in a modern battlefield. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's. Uh, yeah, it's 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 I'm, I, I would doubt that. These guys are necessarily make very good soldiers, especially narcissists. Like, why? Why would they make good soldiers or Machiavellian? No, I don't. I, uh, I because they're generally not going to be like good for cooperative endeavors, like yeah. soldiering. So, yeah. yeah, exactly. But in the, I found that what she said cute. You know, like I, I'm, I am a bit of a like new agey type, mm-hmm. and maybe I would align my sacral chakras at least try it and see what happened <laughs> but um you know i'm, I'm open yeah, to that sure. but sure sure but i just find that hilarious because it's so Stark. it's so like a lot yeah of but you know that you know that magenta pixie probably is one of the women who against certain forms of medical tyranny that we're experiencing in the world right now yeah probably um, so she herself is probably fairly disagreeable and so Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it is, it is sort of funny. It is cute. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was funny. I think uh, it's harmless though. It, yeah. Yeah. No, that's why I'm just including it as a joke. She's pro she clearly wants to help these women. She just, she just has a different approach and I think it's funny. So, um, and it doesn't, but it doesn't remove the fact that there is a sentiment there that I, you know, like, so 
All right. Anyhow, I got more super chats. Uh, so I guess I'll go ahead and read through those. And um, we can just go from there. So Rorschach's No gives us $10 and says, Just the tip at Feed the Badger. I couldn't find it. I forgot what I originally wanted to write. Uh, I think I have a link to it in the description. It was always. It is, oh, no, it's not there. Uh, it feed is. Feedthebadger.com slash just the tip. Yeah. Just so the tip. Feedthebadger.com forward slash just the tip. Is there a link to it on the main one page by any chance? I should I should probably put a link to it. Yeah. I am I am yeah, I'm I I should do these things. Um you mean the main page like uh Yeah, page? like if you just go to feedthebadger.com, there could be a oh, link. Oh yeah, right yeah, there yeah. The there there is probably a link there, but you yeah, have to maybe. search for it. And yeah. it, I probably should also do that. I should put it into the that would be very efficient of me. Um, I think that would make a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. But anyway, <laughs> it's it's just it's feedthebadger.com slash just the tip. And yeah. you can do that whenever you want. It doesn't disappear like Super Chats when the YouTube stream is over. Um, Yeah, I'm not seeing any further ones. So I guess finish up on the Super Chats if we have them. Yeah, I got one more. Uh, Meredith G gives us $5. And she says the problem with the study is it probably doesn't evaluate how the dark triad male engages in manipulative behaviors to attract women. Mm -hmm. uh, no, it doesn't. And that's another thing, too, is that, like, you know, how often do women know that there are men trying to talk them into sleeping with them or giving them their phone number or whatever? And they're not really concerned with. Uh, so much their approach, but they're just interested in the pitch, you know. Mm. And yeah. then and then they like evaluate the man based on how good his pitch is. So maybe they like legitimately reward, you know, Machiavellian behavior by saying, "Well, I know mm -hmm. what he's doing, but you know, I like it." Because I mean, like, how many times I've seen videos of women. You know, like on the street interviews, and like, do you like a nice guy or a bad boy? And they almost all say, you know, they don't want a man that they feel like they can. Uh, that's like a you know uh, a doormat. They want a man that's gonna that's gonna push back, that's gonna disagree with them, that's going to boss them around, that's gonna be like you know disinterested enough that it makes those women feel like they need to fight to get his attention. Um, that that's what they usually say and i don't even think you need to be like a dark triad man to meet that criteria it just so happens maybe that dark triad men are far more like willing in, to engage in that and it's partly because women reward it so you know there there's there there's like the thing is i guess with this study it seems like it's just trying to look at one side of this like push and pull and it's not really willing to acknowledge that women participate in that game, you know, just as much as these men do um, with their tacit approval. And even if they fight back, even if they like argue, you know, they do it to see it's like another shit test. Right. So. Um, but yeah, this is this was more based on them just looking at characters, I guess. And then women were just saying, oh, I like him and I don't like him or whatever. 
So mm -hmm. to actually see the actual like social game play out, I think would be a better way to look at it. But but they are starting these. I mean, I guess like before this, there wasn't really a lot of studies done on this. So at least the other thing is going that down that road. What's, what's the effect of um, also the like the the narrative aspect of this? Because people like characters that are thorny and do things that they wouldn't necessarily do. So maybe this is just right. an effect of like literature or storytelling. It's uh, that's true. That's true. You're not going to see too many straight laced, straight laced, you know, people in these stories. They usually have like some dark pasts. Some you know. yeah, some dark side to them. Especially these days, that's very common to do that. That's why I mentioned all those shows that are basically about like criminal men that have that have like they're dangerous, you know, and and women like that. So. Mm -hmm. Um. Thank you, Meredith, for that super chat. Go. Go ahead. What were you gonna say? Well, I was uh, just gonna say that I think. Um, I think we're good. Yeah, I think? got. I I think we are. I do have one more super chat though. Uh, Derek yeah. Workman gives us five bucks and says narcissists and Machiavellian types would be great at war. Allison, they would both dodge the draft. Well, they yeah. would not. They wouldn't be in war, but I guess that's a win. So. It's true. Mm -hmm. Or they're in political positions of power and they're setting people against each other and they're not risking anything. I don't know if that's good at war, but, <laughs> uh, you know, there's probably a lot that that's the other thing, too, is I think that like the most the, the powerful elite class of men are probably dark triad men. Like there's probably a higher proportion of them in in mm -hmm. those parts of our of our society so yeah in some ways but they're also like a lot the thing is I, there's a lot of vulnerability to being in that position too yeah there are they aren't quite as aware i think of the fact that being in those positions makes them easier to sacrifice as well sure because they they hyper focus on the power without really understanding certain aspects of how people who experience empathy work and mm -hmm. when empathy disappears mm -hmm. and how absolutely devastating empathy disappearing can be to people's behaviors. Um, and, uh, and people, men in high positions of power, the, the, the trade-off is that they do not elicit our sympathy or our compassion. Yeah. So in many ways they can become expressions. Not even. Um, but anyway, so this is uh this is the the dark triad and uh its attractiveness to women and our discussion of that. Mm -hmm. And the conclusion is that you should become uh disagreeable, but you don't have yes. to lose your compassion. Definitely. Definitely. Um, become become I, I usually don't say this because I train don't yourself for disagreeableness. Question yeah, everything. Become a men's issues advocate. Yeah. That will definitely make you that will be definitely be training for Yep. But um yep. I I don't really I don't I don't I'm not saying that seriously because I don't think that people should necessarily identify with things that I'm I don't do that. So yeah, right. but anyway, yeah, become disagreeable. Okay. Become ungovernable. All right. So once again, feedthebadger.com. We'll be starting our monthly fundraiser in a bit. And also you can go to feedthebadger.com slash just the tip to help us out. 
with a one-time support and send us a letter. Hopefully mm-hmm. not too long, though. All right. Okay. Back to you, Brian. Yep. Uh, Jojo is getting feisty because he wants to eat. Right, Jojo? You want to eat? And uh, he's probably going to start barking now. Um, so, wow, my dog's being quiet. I wonder what he's doing. Yeah, he's he's is he has he eaten? Jojo's hungry. I know that, right? Right, Jojo. Oh, I think he has eaten. He's eaten. He's yeah. gone for a walk. I see him lying in front of the front door or the back door, probably yeah. enjoying a draft. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. I gotta. I'll, I'm gonna feed him and then take him out so that he like leaves me alone. Um, hush. Yeah. No. Scipio is no. good. Scipio is good. Quiet. Alright, so if you guys like this video, please hit like, subscribe if, if you're not already subscribed. I think that was the dog, wasn't it? Yeah, that's his that's his growl. His his uh it's like a coo thing when he knows he wants something. Um subscribe if you're not already subscribed, hit the bell for notifications, leave us a comment, follow us over on Rumble, give us a give us a rumble over there, and uh leave us a comment and most importantly share this video because sharing is caring. Thank you guys so much for coming on today's show. I look forward to hearing your thoughts. Um, and your thoughts, and we will talk to you all in the next video. Yeah, that's right, Jojo. In honor of International Transgender Day of Visibility, meet Time and Nickelodeon's 2021 Kid of the Year finalist, Rebecca Brusahoff. Growing up in the LGBTQ plus community has given me a different perspective on how I see the world. Trans kids are so much more than their gender identity, and it's so important for people to listen to kids. I wish for a world where everyone can be lifted up and celebrated. So today, and every day, we celebrate those who are helping others realize that everyone should be proud of what makes them who they are. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.